I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. This is the podcast for songwriters by songwriters. Clay and I have both been writing for more than 20 years in Nashville. Uh, we've had hits in multiple genres. Clay's got a couple Grammy nominations. We've got 13 number ones between us. And uh, we just love songwriters and we love talking about songwriting and teaching songwriting. So here we are doing a podcast. Uh, we'd love for you to check us out in American Songwriter Magazine or uh, at songtown.com where you can find out about everything we do. But today I want to talk a little bit about um, breaking the rules, uh, lyrically especially. And uh, we, we did an interview several years back uh, that was part of a, a class series called Breaking Down the Hits with Tom Shapiro. Tom is one of my mentors, and he has written more than 50 top 10 hits. Monstrous Hall of Fame writer. Uh, and he talks about writing the song called Perfect with Sarah Evans. That was a big hit for her. And he talks about some of the ways they broke rules. So I think from this interview, you're going to learn some things about writing with artists, but you're also going to learn some things about um, how to break the rules. So I'm going to play the interview. Uh, it's a little longer than we usually have, but I think you're going to learn a lot from it. And then uh, I'll be back after that to talk about it a little more. Hey, it's Marty with Songtown. We're breaking down the hits with Tom Shapiro, and we have another Sarah Evans hit. What this, you got? This one's perfect. I What's mean, it's it called? just perfect. And who's on first? <laughs> exactly. Uh, perfect. Um, this was um, Sarah Evans' 2000. I put the dates on it's like I'm having to go back and pass. look at these things. This is 2003. Uh, it's just amazing. 13 years ago. It went to number two. I don't know why it didn't go to number one. I don't know what stopped us. Hmm. Maybe it stopped us. But, um, okay, so we had written um, No Place That Far. We had written I uh, Keep Looking, Two for Two. We had written a song called Why Should I Care, which was an album cut, but I love that song. It was, it was, we were just killing it. Now, uh, we go to her house again. Here we go again. Uh, this time we were now feeling pretty good. Like we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna kill. We're gonna knock it out of the park. She comes. I mean, she you could see she was ready to write. This time the piano was tuned. We actually had an electric keyboard or something. No, I think I brought my Yamaha. Whatever. We were ready to go. We were cooking, right? And she said the thing that is the dream of every songwriter. She after we got it uh, well settled down, she said, "Okay, boys. I need a hit." I need, we need to write a single today. And I've been saving this idea for you guys because I know you guys can deliver. Oh my God, the box just went mm -hmm. like this. And Snack, you now going, we're gonna kill for this. And she goes, the, I, the song is called Perfect. And I remember looking at Tony going, <laughs> oh. cause your mind is going, it's perfect. What do I do with it? Everything yeah. is perfect. It's wonderful, it's perfect, you know, and I was this little sixth feeling, and you can see his mind was racing. I go, um, what, um, um, do you have an idea with it? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, that's the whole point. It doesn't have to be perfect. That's, the, when I talk about the click, you know you got one there. To me, like, we can have this relationship, it doesn't have to be perfect, everyone thinks it does. Mm -hmm. there, there are flaws in relationships. 
when she said that, it was like, boom. And I'll tell you the truth, this one, um, I'm looking at notes here. It, we had a four hour time limit to write it. We spent four hours working on it. It has the things that I love in songs where it's, it's, um, there's humor in it. Uh, I think it's very musical, very hooky, very catchy. And, uh, we finish it and she's excited and she, we do a little work tape and we go great. And we walk out and I turn to Tony and I go, this song isn't done. And he goes, I think you're right. I said, the chorus doesn't quite feel right. We're missing lyric on it. I think we need a bridge on it. And, uh, but she's done. <laughs> she thinks it's perfect. She thinks, you it's, think perfect. it's not perfect. I think it's not perfect. But sometimes what, what you do in a case like that is if you have a really good relation with somebody, you can, you can talk to them about it. In our case with Sarah, even though Sarah, and I, we all got along, she was very busy. She was an absolute star. She didn't have the time to deal with it. So I said, Tony, let's you and I work on it, get it where we're excited about it, and then we'll present it to her. Okay. So in the chorus, um, when you hear it, um, the line, love can be rough around the edges, tattered at the seams. Honey, if it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. We had that, but the little, we just added extra and we had a bridge finally. I was very happy with it. Um, I called her up. She was at the beauty parlor. <laughs> and I said, we've extended the thing. And she goes, oh, you happy with it? And I said, yeah. I said, uh, we did, um, I told her the lyric, the lyric, the lines. She goes, yeah, it sounds real good. I said, oh, okay. So I'm going to go ahead and demo. Okay, whatever. So now I'm going, maybe she's not that into the song anymore. Maybe it's not so perfect. So I became pretty paranoid. So I said, I'm going to make the demo from heaven or from hell. I'm going to bust on Go this all the way. Go all the way. I don't know why I remember this, but going Monday, didn't get the engineer I wanted, didn't get the players I wanted. The demo sucked. It was like one of the worst demos I had ever done. And I go, of all times, and they had a meeting on Wednesday to pick the songs they were gonna cut. And I'm going, oh my God, this is terrible. I don't have time to redo it. So I remember I had to actually replace the drums, which is very rare. I think I replaced the bass. Too. I think the bottom end was just terrible. The guitar parts were terrible. Nothing was working. And uh, I got hold of Kenny Greenberg, who by the way, I have to give him a shout out, he played the great guitar part on Ain't Nothing About You. And I said, Kenny, can you come to the studio? And save me. And save me. And he goes, yeah, but it's gonna cost you. And I said, I don't care, save me. So this was Monday night. And it was about 10 o'clock at night, he came to the studio, played brilliantly. So now I had my drum, bass, keyboard was good enough, guitar parts were incredible. Oh, I need a vocalist. I call Sarah the next day. Sarah, can you come to the studio and sing, just get a vocal on it so I can have it for the, uh, I can't, I'm busy. And I said, please, Sarah, you live five minutes from here. She goes, okay, and she was very nice about it. She came, 
She goes, oh, I like that. Nice demo, you know? So she sang. Then once she learned the new lines and the bridge and everything, okay. So, so she did it. She did a great job. Get a little background part on it. Now I try to mix it that night. The engineer I usually use couldn't, didn't show up either. The mix was horrendous. Maybe the single worst mix of any song I've ever had. Now I'm almost in the hospital. I'm bleeding. <laughs> we got a one o'clock meeting. We have to have this too. I'm begging this guy to do a favor for me. I think he could say, said I can do it at 11 o'clock, but you got one hour. Or maybe an hour. I said, give me an hour and a half. I could, give me an hour and a half. I can have this hour and a half. He said, okay. So he does it. We get the mix. I'm now totally 100% satisfied. I go, smash. We, we got it. Meeting's one o'clock. The door's gonna shut at one o'clock. We're gonna, you know, we don't get there. And so something happened on the delivery. There was, a, when they transferred, something happened. Now it's quarter to one. We couldn't get it. It's like I'm going, we have to get in there because I'm literally getting sick. I, I, I really did. I, uh, heart was going crazy. Got it there at less, maybe two minutes to go. They got there because I was friends with the manager and she said it just got delivered as we were closing the door. Oh, wow. Okay? The meeting was a three-hour meeting to picking songs. I, uh, I'm waiting for the call to find out if they liked it, if they wanted to do it. And uh, she didn't call. Manager, nothing, heard nothing. So I called the manager. I go, she goes, hey, how you doing? I said, are they going to cut it? She goes, what? Perfect. She goes, oh yeah, of course. Of course they're going to cut it. <laughs> I go, what do you mean of course? Well, they were going to cut it a week ago from, from the work tape. They already decided. <laughs> <laughs> you took 10 years off my life. You took 10 years off my life. They did the original form and didn't seem to know the difference. In other words, it wasn't just the work tape. It was the original work tape that didn't have didn't the, have extra. the extra parts. Mm -mm. Wow. But... Um, I was much happier with with the extra parts, <laughs> and it, you know, it's sometimes. Now, um, <laughs> this is interesting. This is a 13-year-old song. Listening to the, we'll listen to it in a second. But I want you to notice, um, particularly in the first verse, where she says, uh, "If I'd rather wear your T-shirt than a sexy negligee, it's all right." You would never say that now because back then a t-shirt was like, eh, you're just kind of dressing down. T-shirts are sexy now. You know, it just shows you this is a generational kind of song. Uh, but at the time, you'd rather see you're in a sexy negligee. I don't sing the song myself because I don't look that good in a sexy negligee. Well, okay. thanks for taking us there. Thank you for taking us there. Maybe we can play the song. <laughs> Maybe we'll edit that part out. <laughs> so you want to listen to it now? I would love to. Here we go.
great song. Thank you. I mean, one thing I noticed in this song, too, is you don't... Usually we say, you know, have your hook at the end of the chorus. Mm -hmm. You don't do that. Why did you make the choice not to do that in this case? Oh, that's interesting. You know, that is interesting. Um, I will give Sarah credit on that, because I, I remember she... If you notice, the hook only takes place one time. Perfect. As we say, the puzzle doesn't always fit perfectly. I think I originally went to try to get the perfect in there myself, and she didn't want it. She just kind of fought that. She said, I just want it to be more free-flowing. And uh, then I said, well, for me, again, to keep interest up, that's where the chordal changed there, just to give it a little explosion. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm pretty sure she said it's good enough for you. Uh, Honey, if it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. And it just, at first I was kind of, that's kind of odd, but then, no, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, you kind of have to know the rules to break them, know yeah. what works yeah. to break them. Mm -hmm. But also when you're writing with the artist, if the artist says, I'll, I want it this way, you go, okay. If you, if you think, you know, if I, again, I didn't think the song was done, so I would fight for that, but, you know, this happened early on in the writing of the chorus, and at first it was like, huh? And then it was like, oh, yeah. Just I've said before, surprising but inevitable. Now I can't hear it any other way. It's like, it's the right way to go. Yeah. Another great song. Thank you. Thanks for sharing the story. We'll see you next time. Hey, everybody, it's Marty. You just listened to Tom talk about his Sarah Evans hit called Perfect. You know, this song is really interesting in that the hook is placed in really different spots, unconventional places. So I'm going to read you the lyric to the chorus. Uh, Going into the chorus, the setup line is, it's kind of nice to know that it doesn't have to be perfect. Baby, every little piece of the puzzle doesn't always fit perfectly. Love can be rough around the edges, tattered at the seams, but honey, if it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. If your mother doesn't like the way I treat her baby boy, it's all right, it's all right. And every, if, if in every wedding picture my daddy looks annoyed, it's all right, it's all right. Don't you know that all the fairy tales tell a lie? Real love and real life doesn't have to be perfect. Baby, every little piece goes on the rest of the chorus. So your assignment this week is to write a song that has the hook used differently. You know, typically we tell people, you know, you want to have your hook at the start and in the end of the chorus, or for sure at the end, this song proves that there can be exceptions if you write a great song. So challenge yourself to use your hook in unconventional ways. Maybe put it in there two or three times with a little different variations but don't fall into the standard trap that you do every time of putting the, the hook in the same places. So get outside that box, write a great one. All right. Hope you learned something from that. You know, one of the things I've discovered when I write with an artist particularly is that sometimes they have a vision for what they want to do that is outside the box. And if, if I was writing a song to pitch to them, I probably would not do that. So for instance, I was writing with Big Kenny from Big and Rich one day and uh, he started on the second verse and he had this idea and I said, well, that melody's not the same as our first verse melody. And he was like, I don't care. I want it to be different, you know? And But if I was pitching that song to him, I probably would have kept the melody the same Um just because that's the typical, more likely thing to do. But when you're writing with the artist, you have a little more freedom to break some rules. And if the artist likes it that way, particularly if you've got an artist that really understands their audience and 
really knows uh, with a lot of clarity what they want for their show or for their album. Uh, you can really break some rules in some fun ways sometimes. So uh, that's something to think about when you're writing with an artist that you kind of have that luxury of maybe not conforming to all the rules that uh, you might ordinarily conform to. And you can get outside that box a little bit. And I love what Tom said about the box shrinking. And, and what he meant by that was that Sarah knew what she wanted right from the start. They didn't have to throw out 30 ideas and find one she liked and then explore how that fit with everything she had. She knew what she needed for her record. She knew what she wanted to say. And he was saying, you know, that makes it really easy. And, and that lets you be created because all of a sudden you know exactly where the boundaries are and uh, you can just really concentrate on making that song great so i hope you learned something from that we're going to play you a song here at the end from another song town member and uh, thank you for joining us again this week Maybe you'll come in tonight, maybe you won't I'm half wishing that you do, half hoping you don't I'm a moth to a flame when I see you I know it's gonna burn like nine to prove But I'm still gonna do what I always do It's just a little whiskey business Between two part-time lovers fueled by One shot lead to the covers I love it but I hate it I don't want to fake it Cause I want more than this Whiskey business Maybe this is working for you It's what you want If I told you Would it scare you off? Or maybe you're like me and you're falling in love And these JD hookups ain't ever enough All I know is I want more from us Than just a little whiskey business Between two part-time lovers Fueled by fireball kisses Let one shot lead to the covers Love it but I hate it Letting one shot lead to the covers I love it but I hate it I don't want to fake it Cause I want more than this Whiskey business Whiskey business Maybe you'll come in tonight Maybe you won't Half wishing that you do, half hoping you 
All right, that was Whiskey Business by Susan Simonson, Carrie Earle, and Steve Smintek from Songtown. If you haven't checked out Songtown, we'd love for you to stop by songtown.com. Give us your email, you get 10 free videos, and you can kind of see what we're all about. Or you can email me, marty at songtown.com, or clay at clay at songtown.com, and we'll be glad to give you more information about who we are and what we do. Hope you have a great week. I hope you write some great songs and that you're able to think outside the box a little bit and maybe break a few rules that you've been taught uh, to always follow and uh, see if that opens up some creative things for you. So thanks for stopping by and we hope to see you soon. Mm-hmm.